Hello there, and welcome to Pixel Heart Duo, gaming for couples. This is the podcast episode number nine. As always, I am Frick. And I am Fox. She is Fox. <laughs> so last week we gushed a little bit about Power World. Spoiler alert, we're going to gush a little bit more. But for the time being, we're going to cover some titles that are good non-beginner titles that couples can enjoy together. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean you can play them together. Uh, a couple of these titles you might be able to. But these are games that have stories that you can get into as together. You can enjoy them together. You can just immerse yourself. Um, not necessarily play them together, but if you want to try and figure out a way to do that, go for it. Um, so we'll go ahead and have you lead off with the first game, and we'll just alternate you, me, you, me, and then we'll finish up with everybody's favorite game they love to hate, Power World, and then we'll have a topic for the night. So, um, yeah, go ahead and start with this first title, and we will uh, we will talk about it. So this first game um, was much, much anticipated and um, was... Uh, appeals to the D&D crowd as well as turn-based crowd. Um, Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate is an immersive role-playing video game that seamlessly blends single-player and cooperative multiplayer elements. Players have the freedom to craft one or more characters and assemble a party, which may include pre-generated characters to delve into the rich narrative of the game. Additionally, players can opt to join forces online teaming up with others to embark on a collaborative adventure. Set in the fictional world of the Forgotten Realm in the year 1492 DR, more than 120 years following the events of Baldur's Gate 2, Shadows of Am, and a few months after the playable Dungeons & Dragons 5e model Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. The story unfolds primarily in the Sword Coast of Western Faerun. Um, pardon if I am butchering any of these pronunciations. Uh, English is not so good. Anyway. English is um, language. <laughs> this expansive setting encompasses diverse locales such as Emerald Grove, a druid grove dedicated to the deity Sylvanas, Moonrise Towers, and the Shadowcursed Lands, cloaked in an unnatural and sentient Darkness penetrable only through magical means and Boulder's Gate, the sprawling and affluent city, along with its suburban counterpart, Rivington. The journey also takes place through the Underdark, the Astral Plane, and Avernus, creating a vast and captivating game experience. Um, I... Uh, when it comes to Baldur's Gate, the thing that got me really excited about it is having played Divinity, Original Sin, um, I enjoyed the, the, the turn-based functionality of, well, well, pretty much the entire game. Um, but particularly the combat, uh, which makes it challenging because, you know, you're sitting there and you see your little enemy friend um moving towards you and you just gotta sit there and cringe and you're like oh this is gonna hurt 
Uh, <laughs> and then go through all the, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got all kinds of other mobs coming in to join the fight, and you just gotta sit there and wait for your turn, um, which is uh, both sadistic and hilarious um, at the same time. So, or is it? It's masochistic when you want to hurt yourself, right? Yes, masochistic. Or uh, no. Maybe. Is it sadist? You know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> One of those things, you know, it's, it's, it feels good to feel bad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say one of my critics critiques negative comments about Baldur's Gate. And I may very well get flamed, you know, from here until you know, wherever that's far away um i am not a romance person and i feel like um that element was really kind of it was a lot and it felt like it was written by kind of like horny 15 year olds um and like it just like came right out like you know, buy me a drink first. I don't know something, um, but that that. But I also was told um, <clears throat> that streamers were like, um, what are they? A speed running to the first hit and quit, <laughs> and they got it down to like five minutes. Um, and, <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm just not a you know, big romance person. And that was kind of honestly a turnoff for me. However, I have since heard that the updates have fixed that because that was not intentional for there to be speed um, romance runs. Um, so the the updates have fixed that and slowed that down in a little bit. Um, I will also say this is not a game to be played with little ones amok. Um, there is, there's violence, there's gore, um, and then, you know, the romantic scenes, too. You mean, so, you mean to tell me you don't, you don't want your little children to see the Cthulhu faces, the mind flayers eating people's souls? No, or like, you know, kicking the squirrel and having it splatter across your screen. Um, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I got. I gotta say, it was it was a little awkward doing the romance scenes, and like we were playing together, and it's just kind of like, you know, being a guy, I'm like, I want to see what this is all about. So like, I try and sneak away and do it, and then you would come eavesdrop, and I'm like, now I feel awkward. This is very like, if you want to go take five minutes and like get some tea or something, like this is this is awkward. But it was just like how forward it was with some of the romance. It's like. Can I just get to killing people? Like, I, I, I don't need all of But, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I, I see the appeal. Some people, you know, like, that's the closest they're going to get to a relationship. But, I mean, I don't know. Banging, a, banging an orc is on somebody's bucket list, I'm sure. But it's a lot of fun. It just it takes so much time to play. It's kind of like a D&D &D campaign. Like, it takes forever to get through D&D &D campaigns because... You just, it takes so much time. And then Baldur's Gate has a story that, like, you want to get into. And you want to go do all the side quests. And you want to do all that stuff. Um, and, uh, 
but it's like, okay, well now I want to do attacks. And because it's, you know, turn-based and you can move around a la, you know, D&D, Warhammer, that's, you know, tabletop stuff. Sometimes fights can take a long time. So if you only, if you're like, ah, I just want to hop on, let's just play 30 minutes together. You're not going to play Baldur's Gate because it just, you don't get anywhere. Like, it's one of those games where people were spending upwards of 150 to 200 hours single player, not even playing co-op. And they were just barely getting to the end. So it's it's one of those games where you play and you play and you play and you play and you play. And, you know, 19 years later, you're half halfway done with the game. And Baldur's Gate 4 is out, so... There, um, the game is broken into three acts, and generally speaking, the developers are saying that it should take about 40 hours per act um, to get through. For, uh, act two is a little bit of a grind. It's, you know, it, like it, it's kind of like the sandwich, but not so good inside like the bread act one and act three are like amazing and act two is kind of like you just got to get through it um so if you're stuck in act two never fear persist and get into act three because it's a whole lot of fun once you get to that part yeah for sure and i know that there was some there were some bugs and other things when the game first launched with like if you progressed to act three too fast there were some bugs and there were some bugs at like the end of act one you could actually skip act two entirely and then it would break your save file but uh, they patched those pretty quickly um but yeah Baldur's gate it's one of those you know and like i said all of these titles that we're going to talk about we're only going to talk about five titles but um some of these titles they're they're fun to enjoy together but not necessarily playing together this is one of those that you can enjoy playing together, but if one of you is not very story-driven and just likes to kill things, there might be lulls in uh, the action. But I, I get involved in stories, you get involved in stories, so, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. And chat, thank you for sharing with us. Those of you who are listening, you don't have to worry about this. Those of you who are watching the VOD, there will be, I am big on production value we're only going to be watching videos when I'm talking because there's no there's no audio when she's talking and there's a video. Streamlabs is being a jerk tonight, so. <laughs> but, yeah, so Baldur's Gate 3 is the first title. Uh, the next title, those of you who have been following along for the last few months, we've been shilling Game Pass and Xbox. It's It has not been on purpose. It's just, it's one of those where, like, it's insane value. We are a couples focused podcast. This is not an Xbox title. I get to tap into my RPG, PS5, PlayStation, Sony fanboy roots. And our next title on the list is Final Fantasy 16. Considered by some as the next evolutionary leap in the Final Fantasy series and viewed by others as a narrative-heavy obstacle, the 16th installment in this enduring epic franchise undeniably excels in delivering an emotional narrative punch. Final Fantasy 16 skillfully weaves a tale that sets the stage for colossal battles and heart-wrenching deaths shaped by the conflict of Valsia and the Akons, along with the Dominants who bear their gifts. In a world saturated with magic, magic users face formidable challenges, adding layers of complexity to the unfolding drama. 
Regardless of where Final Fantasy 16 stands in the series legacy, one cannot deny the game's ability to evoke cheers, tears, groans of despair, and moments of awe. What more could one ask for from a Final Fantasy game? So, Final Fantasy purists, like me, it took a while to get into, like, Final Fantasy 15, Final Fantasy 16, because it is so different. Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Um, 16 is the newest in the series. It's probably actually, like, the 75th Final Fantasy game. <laughs> um, if you're including, like, all the Mana series, all the Sendeku series, like, um, it's, it's good. Um, it's, it's another divisive title, um, just because it is an action RPG, it's not your true, like, turn-based RPG, it's not, you know, a lot of those are seen in Resurgence, like Sea of Stars, Chain of Echoes, those type of games, they're starting to come back, but a lot of people, they don't like that turn-based, which is why, like, the Final Fantasy VII Remake is an action RPG, you know, the second uh, title in that series that's coming out is going to be an action RPG, Final Fantasy XVI is, is, is the same, but it's got that epic story so um it's good it's one where i had to put it aside because we just had so many other titles we were playing and it's like i don't have time to finish it i'm gonna finish it eventually but um it's got a story square enix really knows how to tell stories the japanese love their stories um those of you who love jrpgs knows it takes you know, like Persona 5, you can play that game for 100, 120 hours, and it's got 15 hours of actual gameplay. Um, they love to weave their stories. And Final Fantasy 16 is another one of those titles, and it is a PS5 exclusive. So another game you can get into that's story-driven, you can enjoy together. One of the features that's really nice with Final Fantasy 16 is that you're able to, um, gosh, I can't now, I can't remember which button it is, but you can press a button and it actually catches you up on the lore up to that point. Um, so, you know, you can find out, you know, what, what kingdom you're going to, what, you know, what their, what their, um, who their enemies are and that kind of thing. So if that's why you're playing it is for the, the storyline, um, don't worry, you get a little lost. It's cool, you know. You just just kind of hop into the the story like outline, so to speak, and it catches you up. Um, and yeah, the the game was a little divisive. Um, you know, there was the 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 well actually crowd um, that didn't like the departure from its RPG roots, and it wasn't really I don't know like a full on departure. It's just kind of like you know, a sidestep, really, into the action um, fight, you know, kind of thing. But it was enough to cause a little bit of a rift in the gaming community. Um, so I, I'm, I'm one of those people where if it's not canonical, like, or if it's not, like, you know, back to its roots, like, every single time, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, I think every iteration is going to take on its own life and, you know, th there'll be good things about it and then there'll be things that I miss about, you know, old iterations or whatever. But that's the great thing about gaming is that you can just, like, you know, go back and 
play the other ones. Well, sometimes you get to. Sometimes you don't. But <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, if you if you're looking for a new title that um, you can jump in to the story. Obviously, the story's been going on for I don't know decades now, um, right? Yeah. It's been decades. First one yeah. came out in the in the late '80s. Um, yeah, so Famicom and Nintendo Entertainment Systems. So if you know you've grown up with the storyline and whatever, you know very how you know firsthand how well developed it is. But don't let that deter you. Like if you've never picked up a Final Fantasy game in your life, you can jump in. Yeah, and they do a really good job of each Final Fantasy is self-contained, so none of them tie into each other. So if you're like, oh, 16, I didn't play the first 15. Well, psh, for starters, you're not really going to be able to play 11 because it was online, and 14 is still going. 11, I don't think... It's got some dedicated classic servers, but like, Final Fantasy games are all self-contained. So 16 is its own story. It follows the same formulaic composition as other Final Fantasies. It has the epic music. It has, you know, the Eidolons and the summons. It's got magic system. It's got combat. Um... It's just, it's more action-driven than, like, the first, uh, 13. Um, and even, even 13 was more action RPG, so probably more like 12. 12 was when it started to get more into that action, less, like, turn-based in, in ARB, um, systems. But 16 is great, it's visually great, um, it's got some good bad guys, it's got some good good guys, it's got some good surprises, um, so I would definitely say... Check it out. If y'all like stories, y'all like action, you like a mix of both. Final Fantasy. The soundtrack is soundtrack. killer. Soundtrack as well. Um, date night, Mr. Frick is going to see orchestra play the soundtrack because that would be amazing. We need to find that. They're, I think they're going to be coming to Denver in March, just so you know. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to look. Serendipity doodah. Okay. <laughs> next up on the list go all right what remains of edith finch it's a question that we're all asking but pc players as well as playstation and xbox as well as switch players can all find out um in just a little over two hours of gameplay what remains of edith Edith Finch manages to leave a lasting impression that you won't stop discussing even years after the experience. The game's allure lies in its dark aesthetic and the compelling tale of a family curse leading to untimely and tragic fates for its members. While games with a generally dark and sad tone are abundant, what remains of Edith Finch stands out with its refreshing and unexpected message at the conclusion. The narrative elegantly underscores the inevitability of death. No one can evade it indefinitely. Yet, it's precisely this inherent curse of impermanence that amplifies the beauty of human endeavor to live. In the face of mortality, the pursuit of life becomes all the more poignant and wonderful. Um, one of the things that um educators are actually pushing for this is is including this game um in certain um curriculum and i 
you know, we, I talked a little bit about how I'm not, you know, a, a canon purist and I'm not like a, you know, a platform or, you know, type purist or anything like that. I'm also one of those people that if it gets kids engaged in reading and learning, I don't care what form it is. If they're learning how to read from a comic book, I'm good. If they're learning about powerful concepts and possibly scary concepts like death in a way that is, you know, en not enjoyable because that would be weird um, and probably the sign of a mental disorder. Um, but uh, if it's able to present you know, the, the discussion in a way that's helpful and productive in a way that they can process, um, you know, yes, it's an inevitability, but that also, you know, um, as this game um, helps you do is kind of taps into it, actually, it amplifies the beauty of what we experience every day, you know, as we live and breathe. Yeah. And I guess I have a little bit of a mental disorder because I can think of a couple of deaths that would be enjoyable. You know, if you got to go out, you know, there's there's worse place to go out. But we won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> I remember I haven't played um, Edith Finch in a while. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where I played it twice. I played it the first time, and then I, I went back and played it a second time because I wanted to see what I was missing the first time. Um, you know, it's a short enough game where you can play it again. Um, and it's one of those where it sticks with you. Um you know, and it is. I, I I heard about adding it to curriculum as, as well, and I think video games they allow children to be more creative. Visual learning. You know, um, I had a former partner who thought that you know getting kids into reading by way of graphic novels was dumb. Either you enjoyed reading or you didn't, and it's like there's a way for you to actually like build up your imagination. Where it remains of Edith, Edith Finch. Um, not only is it widely available now, I mean, you're talking, you can even get it on, you know, your, your Apple, your iOS devices, like, you can play it anywhere, and it's something where you can play it on a bus ride, you know, going somewhere, you can you play it on a, you know, on a plane ride, you can just sit down one day and just play it on your couch and your Switch, like, um, and it really does, like, you know, uh, you know, as somebody said, it's it's a bit traumatizing, but the narration is, you know, one thousand out of ten. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it is very good. Um, a lot of people, I think, were caught off guard with not only how short it was, but how impactful it was. Um, and so this is a, this is a game that like y'all could sit down and and enjoy it together. And you know, it's not going to eat up the next nine months like Baldur's Gate would but it's also you know it's it gets right to the point and it addresses it deals with some issues that can be traumatizing but kind of it's it's got a beauty to it um you know and it talks about family issues and loss and all sorts of things and so um it's definitely a game that we wanted to highlight it is a little bit older but you know what we covered Braid in a previous episode and that game's nine years old so you know we covered little big planet you know um so yeah well and and just a caveat on on the game obviously you know what we've been talking about is the game deals heavily with death because it's a family curse where you know family members are meeting untimely um deaths so if that is something that you are sensitive to um you may want to 
skip over this title. Um, there are a couple, or I think one in particular, you know, I, I would, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but, um, if that, if there are some no-goes, you might want to, yeah, just a little warning. <laughs> Try, trying to like skirt that line of, you know, warning people appropriately without giving anything away. So, because it is, it is a great game. <laughs> it really is. It really is. All right. So one last title before we gush a little bit more about Power World. I already spoiled it for you multiple times. I will say because Streamlabs is being a butt, I had this awesome thing for Power World. I was going to talk about, you know, some stuff. We're still going to talk about it, but I don't have a cool graphic. So um, our final game of the night before we gush on Power World and get into our topic is Genshin Impact, everybody's favorite gotcha title. It is a captivating open-world free-to-play gotcha game that transports you to the enchanting realm of Teyvat. Your quest? Uncover the mysteries surrounding the disappearance of your twin sibling, and alongside you on this journey is the ever-present companion, Paimon. As you explore the vast world, recruit a diverse cast of adventurers through the gotcha system and story progression, each character bringing their own rich high-fantasy lore to deepen the narrative. The game is a dynamic experience with frequent updates and fresh content, often expanding the overarching storyline. Engage in free events that add another layer of excitement to your gameplay. If you're a fan of open-world RPGs boasting stunning graphics, Genshin Impact stands out as an excellent choice for an immersive and visually striking adventure. Now, I will say, it took me a while to get into this game. Everyone was raving about it, and I loaded it up, and I went, I loaded it up on my PC, and I went, this reminds me of the dime a dozen gotcha games that you get on your phone or your tablet, and it's stunning through the tutorial, and then it just tanks hard, and it's like, you know, the Ebony, or like the Farmville, like knockoffs and it's like Genshin Impact was not that it had a story it had characters um you know people get into it people cosplay these characters like if you go on the, the Genshin Impact subreddit it's active it's still going you know a few years down the road they're releasing content updates they're releasing story updates um Mihoyo, Mihoyo the company that um makes the game is still supporting it um I will say I kind of lost interest just because I have a really bad case of ADD sometimes. So if I get into something else, I tend to drop things. But it's really easy to get into the story. Um, it plays a lot like you know the newer uh, Zeldas where you can run around. You get a lot of good characters for people who are into RPGs. Um, you know you get mages, you get warriors. You know they all have their own unique. Um, personalities um you know it, it's vibrant it's colorful um you know it's just it's a lot of fun um it's another one of those games that it takes a long time to get near the end and once you get to the end you're not really at the end because you know the developers released a new story new content patch new characters for you to try out um it does have quite the following Genshin impact has a large following 
Um, you know, and like I said, it comes, it's on PS4, PS5, uh, mobile devices on PC, like you can play it pretty much anywhere and you can take your save data, your profile from mobile onto PC. Um, and it's, it's pretty seamless. Um, I had a save file that when I would, you know, take my kids on appointments, I'd play it on my iPad and then I come back and I play it on my PC and you know, it's a lot of fun. It, it just, it did take me a while to get into it because I had to get past that gotcha barrier that like so many games, they reel you in and then they're like, Hey, here's this forty nine ninety nine pack. If you don't buy this, you're going to fall behind everybody else. And, um, Genshin does have microtransactions, but they're not game breaking. Like you can enjoy the story without really spending too much money, which is really nice. Uh, I will say, yeah, the microtransactions are, um, because mm, <laughs> of course you want to shell out that money because, you know, because it, it's gated between time and effort, right? And you can just, you know, plunk down four ninety nine, nine ninety nine, fifteen ninety nine, twenty ninety nine, ninety nine, um, and then just kind of like. Fast forward on to the, the next one. Um, but uh, it, it is fun because it's like you get to plug yourself into an anime, right? And um, yeah, so, you know, to me, that was like the closest to being a Suna that I was ever actually going to be, you know? So <laughs> I enjoyed the game. Um, actually, the the younger crowd seemed to really get into it um, quite a bit. Uh, it was going around the high schools, um, and yeah, in popularity and whatnot. But I'm super excited to talk about Power World. So <laughs> ah, let's do it. And I have another video for those of you who watched, and I had that that launch video we're going to talk a little bit about power world we're going to gush about it a little bit more not too long we just did an entire episode last week on it but because it's still growing still getting popularity still garnering hate i suck up your tears power world is amazing so here's a video for y'all enjoy it for those of you who are listening power world is great um it's if pokemon had or digimon had guns if Ark was actually a good game, <laughs> I just pissed a lot of people off. Um, you know, it just, it's just, it's great. Like, it's a survival game. It's a gotta catch them all game. It's a lot of fun. Like, the developers have a lot of fun with it. In fact, one of the developers came out last week and someone said, you know, is, is Power going to have sex in it? And they said, ooh, interesting concept. If we get 300 likes on this, or 300,000 likes on this, we'll add sex to the game. Like, jokingly, of course. But... It's a lot of fun, and, 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 for those of you following along, Pal World, in its first week and a half of existence, has 19 million players. It is the highest concurrently played game on Steam. It has 12 million Steam players, 7 million Xbox and Game Pass players. This game is not going anywhere. And it is a ton of fun. I think we spent like two nights straight of you were building like this house for us. 
and you unlocked stone. So you went from wood to stone and you're like, I need to build this house. I need to unlock all the carpets. I got the antique furniture and I'm over there like, mm, I need to breed all these pals. Like I'm like grabbing pals and like throwing them into the breeding ranch. Like you're going to make me eggs. Huh? And then I like grab the eggs just to see what they are because I refuse to watch guides. I don't want to look anything up because I do not want to ruin the enjoyment of finding things out. But Yes, it is in early access. Yes, there are a lot of bugs. You can fall through the floor sometimes. Like, I don't care. Pal World is so much fun. Like, and I, I just, I wanted to cover it so that I could throw out that 19 million number because it is growing insanely fast. This game had a budget of less than $7 million. The developers are listening. Like, they are responding to people in Discord. They are responding to bugs they're enjoying people like people giving feedback like they're a ton of fun i swear they're like pulling people from like cafe like lunch ladies from cafeterias and like janitors they're like hey what's the craziest pal that you can think of like they got pal number 69 the little flavor text and it said you know they used to fornicate with other pals and then they moved on to humans and you're like what you're never gonna find that in a pokemon game well because it's not it's pal world get used to it and it's a lot of fun and we love Power World. 19 million players across Steam and Xbox and Game Pass. Congrats to Power World. I'll shut up now. <laughs> um, speaking of building that house, I got some beef. You know, I don't think you noticed my last round of house plants that I put up in our built in our home. So, no, next I... time we log in. Um, yeah, you need to, you need to, like, ooh and ah over all the, the fun accoutrements. <laughs> I, uh, I did not. I was too busy breeding more pals. <laughs> the mad scientist over here. I'm sitting over there um, whipping them, like, you're gonna create an egg for me! Because I don't know what it is about seeing, like, the large and the huge eggs, but it's like, ooh, what's that gonna be? And then I gotta put it in and, like, put it in the incubator, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, why are you chopping more wood? Because I gotta get the fiber for the house plants. You know, there. Somebody was um, comparing Pal World to Ark. Um, no, that that's my answer. No. Yeah, I <laughs> I played Ark. I played Ark for a few seasons through through quite a few resets. <laughs> Ark is a survival building game. Ark is janky as hell. Like, even Ark enjoyers will tell you, Ark is janky as hell. Like, it's got visual bugs. It's got building bugs. The developers, it's kind of like, oh, please do not come after us. It's kind of like the Pokemon Company and Ark. Both of them, they have really wildly successful products, but they've gotten complacent and they did not hear what people actually wanted. And so Pocket Pair came out and said, we're creating this game, we're creating Pal World, and people are like, this is exactly what I've wanted for years. You're taking the survival building genre, you're taking the monster catcher genre, you're throwing them together, and oh, by the way, they're going to add battle PvP, like arena PvP, Pokemon Stadium much, like... They're taking everything people want and they're actually listening and making it better. And who cares if they use AI? And who cares if they do other things? This game is fun as hell. Like, 
seriously. I, I don't care. Like, you guys can sit over there and do the whole stop having fun meme. Like, we're going to sit in our circle and we're going to talk about how great Power World is. And we should be sponsored by him. Pocket Pair, hit us up. I'll give you our socials. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, get it. I, I mean, it's, it's what, $29.99. Why? Yeah, on Game Pass, it's free. So, yeah. Pre-owned Mario was more than that on the Switch. So yo, I pl- I I bought I bought Mario Party Superstars for my kids. That game is three and a half years old, and it was fifty five dollars. I could yeah. have bought two Power Worlds for that. Yeah, and had some money left over for a Frosty from Wendy's. Just saying, Frosties are delicious. A large Frosty. All right, <laughs> enough. <laughs> we could spend we could spend another hour talking about Power World. Tonight's topic. If there was a Ready Player One or Sword Art Online type game, is it something that you see coming in the future? And if so, what type of features and content would we want to see? Now, I know that there is augmented reality stuff out there. I know that there is VR, and you can do that kind of stuff. You can take the headset off. SAO, you can take the headset off. Now, they did get stuck. But, and I know Ready Player One, they, t- they could take the headset off. But indulge us a little bit okay so (laughs) i'll go ahead and let you take the lead on this one um do we see something like that coming in the future like near future and if so like what kind of features and content would we want to see so i get this question a lot actually about vr my opinions on vr the current state and um my opinion is officially let it cook it's not quite there yet. I mean, there's some good titles. Like Beat Saber was a lot of fun. Um, you get really sweaty doing that one. And then um, Mouse Moss, um, the little mouse with a sword, is adorable. Um, and I did kick my brother in the head while playing a, a zombie game. Because, you know, he leaned in and that's really not a good idea. When somebody's playing VR. Um, so so I've had some good experiences with it. It's still not quite there. Um, it doesn't have like the immersive, you know, aspect. If I could get locked into Sword Art Online, um, let's go. Like that that's my full on opinion on that. Um I would I would I would you know Thinking back to my wild vanilla days uh, before vanilla was a vi- vanilla, like I mean, I don't know how many boars I killed uh, in uh, Ellen Forest, but it was a lot. And I, I don't know if I was in sword art, I'd probably just stay stick to killing boars all day, and you know, picking the the daisies. What were what were the original daisies? The original Earth. I was a daisy picker. Like, ooh, gotta go. <laughs> um, the boss fights. I don't know. Getting getting locked into that, and, and if it's like Matrix style, like you die in game. Mm. Yeah. And I I will I will clarify. There are sword art titles out there. There are games based on the anime, like. We're talking about putting yourself in that 
like having a fully immersive like haptic feedback you feel stuff type game you know ready player one on steroids you know do we see something like that happening um i do i mean you already have haptic feedback <laughs> people i know i've seen that video of the guys who are like in the zombie and they have like the slope treadmill and the guy's like running away and people are laughing at him because he's like oh yeah like running and he's just <laughs> like i could see it coming i cannot see it being affordable for a while it's kind of like when when big plasma tvs were ten thousand dollars for you know 40 inch screen like i don't see that happening but that would be a lot of fun i also would just like to point out that you were naming alliance starting zones and i know if we're going to continue to be a couple you cannot do that loktar baby loktar i am hard i am hard <laughs> I was I was led astray. I started playing WoW to to play with my former spouse. I kept the game. I divorced him. It's okay. I say <laughs> I say you came out ahead on that transaction. Um, you know, have, did you ever watch Gamer? Yeah, with, uh, yeah, with uh, what's his face? Uh, Gerald, Gerald. Yeah, Butler. Butler, right? Butler. Something like that. Um, that's like that's one of my favorite movies uh, of all time. Um, I don't know what that says about me, but uh, apparently I'm not a very deep person. <laughs> but um, I think that is my fear with you know going that direction with the immersive gaming, and you know that there would be. Um, people that would be exploited and 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 that kind of thing, um, but you know, Ready Player One, down for it. Like crazy good races and stuff like that. I think what would make um, make it a really rich experience would be um, interaction, like with other players i think that was one of the draws with world of warcraft the the ability to you know to interact with other people as freely as you do um and so that's kind of what i would look for um kind of like a oh what was that what was that thing vr chat you know with the do you know the way? <laughs> yeah, and it's still going strong too. So almost like VR chat meets, well, World of Warcraft is what I would look for in a title. Yeah, yeah, same. Or like a a, a global quest because that's kind of what make ready what made Ready Player One so awesome was the fact that like. You had user mods. You had all sorts of stuff. Like that VR chat with the Sonic and the Knuckles and, like, you know, seeing all those videos. Like, that's cool. But there wasn't, like, the egg to find. There wasn't, like, this massive grand scale quest. Like, if you took, like, a World of Warcraft or, like, a Lord of the Rings Online or, like, a um, those of you who like having a second job and are tortured by it, like an EVE Online, which... You know, I still remember I had my, my PSVR. I played Eve Valkyrie. Like, I played it for hours because I got to be a frigate pilot. 
I loved playing Eve Online. Playing Eve Valkyrie was fantastic. Um, you know, stuff like that. It would be it would be a lot of fun. I just we would need something like universal basic income because no one would leave their house. Um, you know, we would all just we would turn into the fat people in Wally. So we'd have to like find a way to implement health standards because I would never I would never leave. I would I would just sit in the game all day long. I mean, you have to at some point in time hand a bottle lay fluids. Although I guess according to the news, not always. <laughs> I really we really need to watch Idiocracy together. Like I I've been selling all of my friends. Like it went from being a funny like low tier comedy movie to a tragic documentary. They covered that in Idiocracy. There was like toilet recliners. I think you would have to, in order to not, for everyone not to just, you know, kind of turn into just like blobs of human flesh, the haptic system would have to also incorporate some kind of like tense unit where it would stimulate your muscles so you don't experience atrophy. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. I mean, could you imagine, like, you're going into work and you're sore the next day and they're like, why, what, what do you do? Why are you sore? Well, I killed 500,000 boars last night. That's a lot of work. <laughs> I was leveling up my position in guild so that we could unlock the next door. I was leveling up my, my sword skill on a tree. Remember when we had to do that? Ugh, yeah. Get a new, <laughs> get a new axe. Uh, when I was played shaman, and we went from, you know, we went to dual wielding, but the best single-handed weapons were not. I was not proficient, so you had to go swing at like level one and two <laughs> skeletons and scorpions to level it up. Yeah, but anyways, uh -huh. so we'd love to hear what y'all think. Um, you know. Send us an email. We do do mailbag episodes. So admin, A-D-M-I-N, at frickinfox.com. F-R-I-C-K-N-F-O-X.com. Tell us what you think. Those of you who watch the YouTube VODs, leave comments. You know, those of you who, um, you know, have something to say, want a shout-out, have a question, let us know. Do you see, like, a Ready Player One SAO type game? Not, not title, but the type coming. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. Um... I feel like talking about Power World some more, so that's where we stop. Because as soon as I want to talk about my pals, we say we're done for the day. Um, <laughs> so feel free to tune in to our YouTube channel. Just look up Frickin' Fox uh, or Pixel Heart Duo on YouTube. You'll find our channel. You can watch the VOB. We upload it every Friday. You can catch us across all audio streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, um, Google Music, I mean, iHeartRadio, you can find us anywhere, anywhere your ears can pick up stuff. Um, we simultaneously upload the VODs and the audio. Again, if you want to follow us, Freaking Fox on YouTube, look up Pixel Heart Duo. Um, email us at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at frickinfox.com. Let us know what you think. We might read your email in a future mailbag episode, but for now... I am Frick. I am Fox. Fox. We will catch you guys next week. Game on. Peace.